0: Free agency starts tomorrow for the New Orleans Pelicans and the league as a whole. So we're doing a rumor roundup here. Mo Bamba, their number one target. What about some help on the wing with Otto Porter Jr. or Gary Payton II? Let's break it all down in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Let's go.
1: You are Locked on Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast.
0: Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with y'all on this Wednesday, tomorrow, uh, 5 p.m. Central, free agency starts I'm excited. I know you're excited as well. And we're going to break down all the biggest rumors and the biggest names. Mo Bamba, Otto Porter Jr., Gary Payton II. What about some other names in there? Nerlens Noel. Could there be a guy like Bruce Brown or Mitchell Robinson, Isaiah Hartenstein? We're going to talk about all those, maybe a couple more here in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about this team, whether it's the draft and now free agency, the TV deal, which we talked about yesterday, and the trades they might make to clear up some roster spots, because that is a problem for them right now. In today's episode of Locked On Pelicans, also brought to you by Arcade One Up, we are partnering with Arcade One Up to give away three free NBA Jam Shack machines. That's right, three, and for free. These guys are known for making incredible retro, three-quarter scale, at-home arcade games like Pac-Man, Golden Tee, and many more. Enter to win on ArcadeOneUp.com uh, slash Locked On. That's ArcadeOneUp.com slash Locked On for your chance to win one. So free agency, what do the Pelicans have to spend even, right? On Monday's show, we talked about how they're in a bit of a roster spot crunch, and they're going to need to move some players to free up a roster spot for EJ Liddell, and then potentially anyone they're going to go after in free agency. So some trades are coming. But say they clear up that roster spot, what could they spend? Well, right now, they're about $3.7 million or so away, $4 million or so away from the luxury tax, and they're not really ready to pay that. So they don't have a ton of money. It's re- it's really kind of like that, three point seven to four million. If you don't want to pay that, based on what the roster looks like right now, they have two options to go about this. They could use the six point four million dollar taxpayer mid level exception, sign a guy to a three year deal, starting at six point four million dollars. Pretty straightforward. You could also dip into the non taxpayer mid level exception. That's a three year deal starting at ten point three four nine. So ten point three three, five million per season that would hard cap the team, which creates some other issues for them. Wouldn't be able to go above a certain amount. Not that they would hit that number anyway. So I don't know if that would be a big problem. They were hard kept technically last season and that didn't really stop them from doing anything. So basically they have up to 6.4 million or 10.35 million to spend. So not a ton of money. But there's guys that kind of fit into some of those. And one of the names I think I've heard the most from y'all is Mo Bamba, the center from Orlando. Might be on his way out there. He has certainly not lived up to some of his hype of being a former fifth overall, or sorry, sixth overall pick by the Orlando Magic a couple of years ago back in 2018. This is a guy who has career averages of 7.7 points per game, 6.1 rebounds, and the number you're all thinking of, Right? Well, two numbers you're thinking of. 1.4 blocks per game. That's not bad. There's definitely some rim protection there from him. And then the three-point shooting. Last year, on four attempts per game, he shot 38.1%. It's a little bit of an outlier, though, for him. He's a career 35.2% shooter. The year before that, two years ago, just 32.2% from deep. So I wouldn't call him an exceptional three-point shooter, but there is some range for him there. And he gives you more rim protection, probably than Jonas Valanciunas could give you, but at the ex- you know, expense of good offense. He's certainly not the most efficient elite player. 48% field goal percentage for a center isn't truly anything impressive. But people like him for the idea of three-point shooting and rim protection, right, in the blocks there. And I understand that. And I think he's definitely a gettable guy. With Palo Banquero, are they willing to let him walk? Is this the guy that they really need down low and want to build around? Or is it just not worth paying him, you know, $30 million per year? Something along those lines. And that's, I think, what probably his market's going to be. Maybe a little bit less than that, right? He might come in just under $10 million or so per season or right around that. The Los Angeles Clippers just signed Ivan Zubac to $11 million per season, extension of three years, $33 million. That likely kind of sets some of the market for Mo Bamba. Now, Zubac is much more of an offensive threat. He's better in the pick and roll than Bamba is, but he's not quite the same three-point shooter, but he is a better rebounder, and he's pretty good defensively and can defend in the pick and roll, something that Bamba at times has trouble with. So if they're intent on going with another big man, and I think they easily could be, right? Because when you look at this team, where do they really need help? Where do they need help? Do they need it on the wing? Do they need it in the backcourt? Do they need it in the frontcourt? You know, your starting big men are going to be Zion Williamson and Valanciunas. And then what's behind them? You have Billy Hernan Gomez, who I can't imagine they would be getting rid of because he's pretty cheap at just around $3 million per se- or for next season. So that tends to make some sense for them to keep him there. He can soak up some minutes as your, like, fourth big man, fifth big man, depending. That can be a useful player to have. But is he a good backup? No. Do you want him playing 20-plus minutes per game? Definitely not. So if you want to kind of fill that hole and you don't think EJ Liddell is ready for that, Mo Bamba, you know, could come in and soak up 25 minutes, play 25 minutes per game, give you some rim protection, give you some spacing, and potentially be a useful playoff rotation piece for you. I'm not like, Mobamba, like some of y'all are, and that's okay. But at $10 million, yeah, you could do a whole lot worse. And so he's a guy that I do think makes sense. You know, do you have to overpay to get him is the question. Because if he's at that $10.35 million and you offer him that full non-taxpayer mid-level exception, if the Pelicans clear enough cap space where that doesn't become a problem, they could do it. Is that something that the Orlando Magic wouldn't match? Or would they just be like, no, nah, he's a restricted free agent, bring him back, it's fine. I think that could kind of be the problem there with some of these restricted free agents. There's another one we're going to talk about too that I think is a bit of a long shot. But hey, there's a chance. So if they want to go with the kind of the, the big man, you know, Mo Bamba an option. New Orleans Noel, right before I recorded this, and I was going to talk about him in this one a little bit, just got traded to the Pistons. If he gets bought out, could they go after him in free agency and try and get him for a lot cheaper? I think that could be a great option for New Orleans on a one-year deal that doesn't really tie you to things. To give you that rim protection, though no three point shooting, but it gives you a you know a rebounding defense, a big off the bench, which is something I think they'd like a little bit more of, just to kind of have in your back pocket. As clearly, defense is going to be a massive focus for the team this year. We'll also get into Hartenstein. I'll get into him in the third segment of today's show. So I think number one could be Mobamba on their board, and I know that's number one on your guys's board for many of you. I think he makes sense, but you've got to get him on the right contract, and it's going to kind of be predicated as all of these guys are on the Pelicans making other moves. But say they want help on the wing or in the backcourt. Defensive guys that project is a little bit more 3 and D. Let's talk about Otto Porter Jr. and Gary Payton II coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Sakara. Feeling your best starts with what you eat. Sakara helps you live a healthy, balanced lifestyle and truly enjoy it. And with delicious plant-rich nutri- uh, transformational nutrition that builds a foundation for living in your best body, Saqqara, absolutely the way to go. Sakara is a wellness company anchored in food as medicine on a mission to nourish your body through the power of plants. And Sakara gives you the tools you need to transform your life with their organic, ready-to-eat meal delivery program and functional wellness essentials. Y'all have heard me, I'm about getting healthy this year and I'm doing a really good job on it. And one of the biggest things is eating better, just eating better. That's been like one of the biggest things that I've, I've found really helps. I have more energy because I'm doing all of that. The problem is I hate cooking. I don't like to spend the time cooking. I just don't like it. I want to eat my food that's good for me and move on to whatever it is, probably recording podcasts for you all here. Sakara's helping me do that. They're giving me these healthy meals that are vegan friendly, that are healthy for you, and I can just microwave them and I'm good to go. You know how nice that is to not have to cook? Their nutritionally designed, chef-crafted breakfasts, lunches, and dinners are made with powerful plant-rich ingredients, helping boost your energy, support your digestion, curb your sugar cravings, that's a big one, and get your skin glowing. Plus, it's all delivered right to your door, ready to eat. And Sakara's functional, plant-rich wellness essentials help you create a body you love living in. From their best-selling metabolism, super powder to the foundation, their daily supplement packs, Sakara's products are designed to support your wellness goals anytime, anywhere. And right now, Sakara's is offering our listeners 20% off your first order when you go to sakaracom slash locked on 20 or enter code locked on 20 at checkout. That's Sakara, S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash locked on 20 to get 20% off your first order. Sakara dot com slash locked on 20.
1: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date.
0: And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, Monday through Friday. And I mentioned free, no paywall, breaking down the draft, breaking down free agency, the biggest topics you want to hear right here, Locked On Pelicans, Monday through Friday. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Tell a friend about the show. Subscribe on YouTube. And of course, leave a comment down below on YouTube. That's the number one thing to do. Let me know who's your number one target you want the Pelicans to go out and get in free agency. Is it Mo Bamba or do you think he's not realistic? Is it going to be someone else? So what if the Pelicans want to go, not front court, but help on the wing? There's a couple of names that are definitely gettable for New Orleans. One of them might be tough, but I think one of the two I'm about to mention here is is a very realistic target for the Pelicans, even potentially with the 6.4 million taxpayer mid-level exception and, you know, certainly with the the non-taxpayer mid-level exception. I think that's going to be a big thing here. And that's Otto Porter Jr. and Gary Payton II. I don't want to lead with this first. This might be very dependent on how they feel about Trey Murphy and the minutes they're potentially going to give him. If they think he's ready for a bigger role, I don't know if you need as much help on the wing with Herb Jones there, Brandon Ingram there. Dyson Daniels is going to play there potentially a little bit too. EJ Liddell. Do you need some help? on the wing, or are you kind of set in that spot? You know, Brandon Ingram smoking up the majority of minutes at the three. You've got kind of, you know, a bunch of hybrid twos, things like that. But still, it's never bad to have more wings, particularly three and D guys that can do a little bit of switching. So let's talk about Gary Payton the second, right? This is a guy that was kind of key for the Warriors. He's their defensive wing stopper. He can really play two positions. He doesn't play the two guard. He can play point guard. He can also play small forward for you because he's that good defensively. He's a little bit older. He'll be 30 next season. And he's finally really kind of starting to find his place in the league after kind of bouncing around a couple of different teams and then really finding the right role with the Golden State Warriors. He's going to want to get paid too. He has not made much money in his NBA career whatsoever. Right now, he's made a total of like one point, uh, basically under $2 million. It's now up to like $4 million with the contract last year. So you offer him 6.4? Well, that's a big step up for him. And he's really good at perimeter defense, and he's also great at defending point guards, really pressing the point of attack. Something that I think Jose Alvarado does well, but at times he's undersized, barely being six feet in the half court. Gary Payton at 6'3", he's got a little bit more size there, though still slightly undersized, but a very good wingspan. Last year for the Golden State Warriors, his best year in the NBA, in 71 games, 16 starts, 7.1 points per game, 3.5 rebounds. He shot 36% from three. Passable numbers, not on a lot of attempts, just one7 But it seems like the potential could be there as he's really started to develop as a three-point shooter the past two years or so with the Golden State Warriors in their offense. Now, he doesn't give you much passing. He averages just 1.1 assists per game per his career. But you're signing him to hopefully be a three and D guy. And he's more of a D guy than a three guy. Not not a ton of three-point shooting there, but again, potential that that could be an option. And this isn't a guy that's going to take up significant minutes. You know, he played 17.6 for the Warriors last season, about 17 in the playoffs as well. You know, if you give him, you know, that role that's kind of the emergency backup point guard, something like that kind of deploy him as a stopper, you know, that potentially if things go wrong for Jose Alvarado kind of steps in as insurance for that, I think that could be a good option. But that seems... Like you're paying that guy a lot, six point whatever $6.4 million to not be a huge, important player for you. And again, this is also going to depend on how ready they feel Trey Murphy is for a significantly larger role in the NBA. And I do think Trey Murphy is ready for a significantly larger role in this team. I think he can be really, really good. So I don't know if I love the idea of spending that kind of money on Gary Payton, whose offense is very limited. So what about Otto Porter Jr.? Well, Golden State Warriors again here. This is a guy who's kind of bounced around the league a little bit, dealt with some injuries in his career, but was was with, ooh, sorry, was with Washington for a very long time. He's got career averages of 10.6 points per game, 5.1 rebounds, an assist and a half per 1.1 steals. And by the way, he's a career 40% shooter from three. Not on huge, huge attempts. 3.3 per game, but he's got pretty good numbers. You know, his time in Chicago, excellent three point shooter, 42.6% on 4.4 attempts per. Is he going to be bombing away from deep all the time? No. But he does give you three and deep potential there with much more three than what Gary Payton II would give you. And at six foot eight, he's got good size, right? He's also older. Well, he's younger than Gary Payton, actually, but he'll also be 30 next season. You know, he's an established veteran that can probably help you out. And he's going to be a free agent. He's made good money in his career, but he didn't have much of a market last year when the Golden State Warriors signed him to just basically a $2.4 million contract. Would he like to go get some more? Yeah. If you offered him 6.4, 10.35, could that entice him? And I think it could. That's about going to be his market, as I don't think there's going to be a ton of teams coming to call for him. The problem with both these guys being on the Golden State Warriors is money is no object to them. And they can try and re-sign these guys as much as they want, and they're probably willing to spend as much as possible to keep that team that just won a title and keep that window open and keep that team intact. So you're going to need to outbid them. So you're looking at Otto Porter Jr. probably needing to get all of the 10-point, you know, three-five non-taxpayer mid-level, meaning New Orleans is really going to need to do some cost-cutting moves, and they're going to be hard-capped which kind of limits what you can do during the regular season. You know, for a guy like that could be worth it, gives you a lot of depth on the wing at that point, he probably immediately becomes the backup for Brandon Ingram, and Najee Marshall won't see very many minutes if that's the case, and I forgot to mention him earlier. But as a name player you've heard of, that gives you a lot of 3 and D and is a pretty good, good shooter. And New Orleans needs more of that. So would they be willing to really have to work to offload some guys to create the cap space to sign him and then use future assets? So right, basically, it's you're signing out of Porter Jr. to that contract and also trading, essentially, say, a first-round pick or two to get him protected using the Bucks picks, things like that. It could be an option for New Orleans if they really want to go in that direction. So I've got two other names for you that I think could really help the team as well. And Bruce Brown Jr. from the Nets and Isaiah Hartenstein from the Los Angeles Clippers. Let's talk about them coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. So you can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news including Major League Baseball. You can get a recap on the NHL Stanley Cup Finals. All of that. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And it's your best spot for your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's the fastest and easiest way to get in on the action on all of your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action over at BetOnline.net. BetOnline, where the game starts. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for you all, breaking down the biggest stories. Might be going live. We're going to go potentially live on Thursday. I got to see if I got to do a Locked On NBA show instead. But if not, we'll be live tomorrow during some of this. Um, But it should be fun. I'm excited for free agency and the deals that are coming quick and fast. And we'll see if the Pelicans are active early on in free agency or if they're waiting to kind of handle the roster a little bit. And then, of course, we got some looming Zion Williamson extension news that we will talk about the second that that breaks. But today we're talking about free agency and guys that the Pelicans could go after. And again, let me know down below. Who is your top target in free agency? Is it someone I missed? we got to do a show tomorrow too, right? So we'll talk about those names as well if you give me some good ones here and we'll kind of break down their potential for the New Orleans Pelicans. So Bruce Brown, I think from the Nets, is a restricted free agent could be an option. You know, depending on what they're going to end up doing. The problem is, again, he's restricted, so the Nets might match him. And given that, you know, they don't have a ton of options to improve their roster, keeping a guy that I think is a little bit underrated could be a useful thing for them. So it could be tough. Last season, 9 points per game, 4.8 rebounds, 2.1 assists, 1.1 steals, and he shot for Brooklyn 40.4% from 3. Limited attempts, limited attempts per game at just one3 but there's a ton of three and D potential from him. And he was good in the playoffs too. He was one of their better players in that sweep from at the hands of the Boston Celtics. You got to probably go to the 10.35 to try and pry him away. That even might be a little bit too little for him. But again, there's not a lot of teams with cap space out there, which is going to kind of knock down some of these guys markets kind of create a lesser demand for him. Meaning new Orleans could try and swoop in, offer them a good role. He's likely, you know, going to be a backup, guard for you so you'd have him potentially replacing Devonte Graham. It's a better three-point shooter at least last season. The year before that he wasn't particularly great at it. Career just 32.7%. In Brooklyn though, he's at least shot 36%, but it's really one season of above 40. But if you offered him that, you know, I think he could potentially be gotten for the the 6.4 taxpayer mid-level exception. This is a guy in his career who last year was making $4.7 million. It's a bump up. I just think that Brooklyn would would match that and probably means it's not really going to happen. But he's got 3 and D potential, can play guard, can play on the wing too, making him kind of that useful hybrid kind of player that New Orleans seems to like. There's defensive versatility there too makes him an intriguing guy that you could potentially go out and get. And what about if they want to go back to the front court of Isaiah Hartenstein? And this is the center from the Los Angeles Clippers. With them signing John Wall and dipping into their mid-level exception to do that, and then giving Zubac that $11 million per year deal, it probably means he's walking. It probably means that he's walking, but it's a backup center that gives you some rim protection, in rebounding, 8.3 points per game, 5 rebounds per along with 1.1 blocks per game last season. And he started to shoot a, a little bit from 3. He took 33 point attempts last season, made them pretty well, made 14 of them, right? Nearly 50%, 46.7% from 3. It's on like no sample size, right? His career though, there's some there's some potential, 18 for 47 in his career, 38.3 you know, I think he's probably right around that, somewhere in that range of 6.4 to 10.35. That's definitely going to be his range, I think. And this is a guy that NBA Twitter absolutely loves. Just a little bit underrated of a player that's a good backup big man you don't want to play him significant minutes you don't necessarily want to give him big money but if you need a backup big to play 15 minutes per game he can definitely fill that I think he probably wants a larger role than that and maybe it means he's not going to be that interested in New Orleans but he's definitely now looking for a new team and I don't know if the market for backup big men is absolutely huge so if you just need a cheap backup big that you feel you can rely on a little bit more defensively while still getting some points and rebounds than Billy Hernan Gomez, Isaiah Hartenstein can definitely be that guy for you, and he's going to be attainable. We're not looking at the sexiest names here, and that's just because the Pelicans don't have a ton of money to spend, and this free agency class kind of sucks anyway, outside some of the big names that like aren't going anywhere. But those are some of them. Let me know if there's anyone I missed that you think we should cover maybe in tomorrow's show that we want to talk about a little bit more to go over. But I think some of these are kind of the big targets, but I want to hear what you have to say. And let me know who your top target for the Pelicans in free agency is as well. Is it Mo Bamba? Three and three rim-protecting big man? I was going to say three and D, but it doesn't really work for centers. Let me know in the comments down below. And of course, make sure you're subscribed to Locked on Pelicans for all the free agency and Zion extension talk that we're going to have coming. That's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all very much for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all tomorrow. A
1: hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.